Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, New Hope Church. I want to welcome you to Central Greece, to an area that has become one of my favorite places on the planet. This is the area of Matora, where you find monasteries perched up on these unbelievable mountains where these monks and these nuns commune with God. And as we take you on this journey today, I'm going to actually end up with you up there at the Monastery of the Great Transfiguration. And here's the two questions that I want you to ask yourself as we move toward the table today. What can we learn from the monastic life and how can we apply that to our lives? Because the truth is these men and women perch themselves up on these mountains to commune with God. And your way to commune with God, your way, my way to practice the presence of God, it's different for every single human being. And I would encourage you to ask yourself, how do I commune with God? How do I practice that presence with God? And then how do I come off the mountaintop experiences to share that glory, that presence with others? So we're so glad you're along for the journey today. You're going to see all kinds of footage and pictures of this unbelievable geological phenomenon that we see in this area of the world and from this monastic lifestyle that I believe the church in the Western world can learn a lot from. Let's go check it out. So as you've started to experience this monastic life here in the monasteries of Matora, I asked you this question, what can we learn from this and how can we apply it? And here's what I want to just make very, very clear today. I don't think Jesus calls most of us up into the mountains to live a monastic life. But I do think Jesus makes it clear that we should learn to practice the presence of God. In fact, when you look at Jesus in the Gospels, he had monastic tendencies. Now, don't misquote me. I didn't say Jesus was a monk. Jesus lived in and amongst first century Palestine. He lived in and amongst the world. And the word of God teaches us to be in the world, but not of the world. But if you study Jesus closely, you see that he regularly withdrew from the crowd and he practiced communion with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And so I would invite you as we continue this experience today, I would invite you to learn to take up the same practices. Here we are in the busyness and the hustle and the bustle of the Christmas season that is staring us right in the face. The question for us is how can we ruthlessly eradicate busyness in our lives if only for short windows of time to practice the presence of God. When you look at the scriptures again, you see Jesus doing this. You see this in the New Testament over and over and over. He withdrew to the mountain to pray. He withdrew to the mountain to be with God. And when he came back from being with God, it was obvious that he was with God. I'm reminded of Moses who went up Mount Sinai. When he came down, people said they could tell from the shine, the Shekinah glory in his face, that he had been with God. 
as you learn to do that, I want to give you a couple key practices that I believe should always be involved in our time away with God. One, it should always include prayer. How's your prayer life? As you withdraw from the world to commune with God, are you becoming a man or a woman of prayer? How do you pray? Do you best commune with God while sitting in one place or do you best commune with God while enjoying the beauty of his creation? What enables you to best have a dialogue and a conversation with God where you, yes, speak, but you also learn to listen? So the first practice would be prayer. Secondly, I believe presence of God is always experienced in the word of God. How are you pulling away from the rat race of life to engage the Word of God? And you know, in the 21st century, we have so many ways to do that. You might be old school. You pull out a Bible and you just turn the pages and you highlight and you write. And maybe you use a journal to write your thoughts on and what God is saying to you. Maybe you like to listen while you exercise. You can now get the Bible on podcast and you can get the Bible downloaded to your phone. How do you do it? There are great, great programs and apps out there for you to learn to feast on the word of God. Thirdly, I would say this. Do you practice the presence of God by worshiping God? I believe one of the best things we can do when we pull away from the world is listen to great music that enables us to worship God, to commune with God, to to experience his presence. Because when we worship God, this is why church is so important on Sundays, but that's not enough. When we worship God, when we sing to God, God's presence is manifested in us and through us, and we are able to practice his presence. So prayer, the word worship, fasting. We see in the monastic life this love for fasting. And you folks have heard me talk about that before. And I would encourage you to consider different methods of fasting. Some can be food. Some can be other things that the truth is you would probably do well with putting those things aside for a period of time. Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's bad habits, whatever the case may be. But as we get ready to take you up to the great monastery of Matora, the great monastery of the transfiguration. And I read for you that powerful passage in Matthew 17. I want you to keep asking that question. What can we learn from the monastic life and how can we apply it? And these are some very key ways that we can apply these practices of God. And listen to me, church, I can think of no better time to do that to start practicing the presence of God than moving into the holiday season when, as we all know, the rat race of our culture, the busyness, the Christmas list, the parties and everything else, if we are not careful, will absolutely sap the life of God out of us. So church, let's learn from these monks. Let's learn from these nuns and let's learn to practice the habits of God, the holy habits, the disciplines that enable us to commune with God. And as we do, we will be following right in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go up the mountain.
So right now we are actually um, at the great monastery of Metoria. This particular monastery goes back, if I'm not mistaken, 1500 years. And the theme of this particular monastery is the passage that we find in Matthew 17 for the transfiguration. It's this very mysterious passage of scripture that we see where Jesus is up on top of a mountain, interestingly enough, with Peter and James and John, and he has this transfiguration, this metamorphosis that unfolds. And I'm gonna read this passage for you because this is the theme of this particular monastery. There are pictures and, and um, uh, all kinds of icons that represent this passage that I am about to read today. Matthew 17, six days later, three of them saw the glory. Jesus took Peter and the brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain. His appearance changed from the inside out right before their very eyes. Sunlight poured from his face. His clothes were filled with light. And then they realized that Moses and Elijah were also there in deep conversation with him. Peter broke in, Master, this is a great moment. What would you think if I built three memorials here on the mountain? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now think about it. Peter is experiencing this unbelievable moment, and he wants to stay there in the moment with Jesus transfiguring and Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets. And Peter is like, Lord, this is amazing. Let's just stay here. While he was going on like this, babbling, a light radiant cloud enveloped them and sounding from deep in the cloud a voice this is my son marked by my love focus of my delight listen to him so it's the voice of the father speaking down over jesus somewhat like the father did when jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water when the disciples heard it they fell flat on their faces, scared to death. But Jesus came over and touched them. Don't be afraid. When they opened their eyes and looked around, all they saw was Jesus, only Jesus. Coming down from the mountain, Jesus swore them to secrecy. Don't breathe a word of what you've seen. After the Son of Man is raised from the dead, you are free to talk. The disciples, meanwhile, were asking questions. Why do the religion scholars say that Elijah has to come first? Jesus answered, Elijah does come and get everything ready. I'm telling you, Elijah has already come, but they didn't know him when they saw him. They treated him like dirt, the same way they are about to treat the Son of Man. Now listen to me, church, what's fascinating about this passage in Matthew 17 and what's fascinating about this monastery the great monastery of Matora is that it is all about the presence of God and the temptation when we get in the presence of God is to want to stay in that very place in that very moment that is why monks have been occupying this great mountain for centuries but the lesson in this passage is that when we experience the presence of God in the mountaintop experiences, God wants us to treasure those and experience those, but often God calls us then to come down the mountain and share that presence 
share that glory with other people. So the question might be, should you, should I embark upon a lifestyle like this? And if I was honest with you, I would tell you that there are times when I romanticize this. There are times when I think it would be great to extrapolate myself from the hustle and the bustle of the Western world and, and live perched up on a mountain like this. But the truth is that is not my calling. And the truth is I would venture to guess that's not your calling. It might be for a unique group of people. But God calls us, like He told Peter, James, and John in this passage, He calls us to come off the mountain and share His glory, share His ministry, share our lives after we follow Jesus so that Jesus would get the glory in and through us. Isn't it interesting that at the end of this passage, Jesus commented about the way in which they were going to treat him. This translation says they were going to treat him like dirt. Jesus knew that he was going to be crucified and lay down his very life. How appropriate today that we could gather and celebrate Holy Communion. How appropriate that we could lift the body of Christ represented by a loaf of bread and tear it apart representing exactly what would happen to Jesus. How appropriate that we can lift a chalice of wine remembering the precious blood that he shed for you and me and celebrate Holy Communion because in a very real sense it's when we celebrate the Eucharist that we were on the mountaintop, if you will, of our spiritual journeys. We are actually experiencing the presence of God. I dare say nothing is more celebratory, nothing is more represented by the presence of God than when we take this bread and we lift this cup together. So let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Let us enjoy this Holy Communion together. Let us treasure and marinate in the presence of God. But let us come off the mountain and realize that right here in the Carolinas and beyond, our goal is not to sit up on a mountain in the presence of God by ourselves, but our goal is to go forth from this presence, go forth from this mountaintop experience celebrating His presence with others so that they too can experience His glory. May God bless each and every one of you as we commune together today in the presence of God. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family and we hope you'll join us next week.